Welcome to the Multifamily Wealth Podcast. I'm your host, Axel Ragnarsson, and on this show, I dissect how seasoned multifamily investors started, built, and scaled their businesses. What is up, everyone? Welcome back to another quick solo episode here on the Multifamily Wealth Podcast. In this episode, I'm going to be talking about the difference between management-heavy value-add business plans and CapEx-heavy or renovation-heavy value-add business plans uh, when you're looking at a potential value-add multifamily project. And we are spending more time thinking about this when we're looking at deals nowadays because we love value-add deals where we're adding value through management improvements whether that's uh, more diligently managing the rent roll, reducing expenses, uh, increasing the, the tenant quality or screening um, when we're placing tenants, really stuff that's done through management versus value that's created through renovations. And I think a lot of newer multifamily investors, you know, maybe they just assume that you got to spend a bunch of money on renos and that's why a deal is a value add deal. When in reality, Oftentimes, the bulk of the value that's created in a value-add deal is through management improvements, especially um, in smaller markets with unsophisticated owners, uh, which is where we typically play. Now, this is also something that I hear a lot of really experienced investors, people that are way farther along in this game than I am, talk about uh, as it relates to them describing like what their dream deal looks like. You know, That's something that I would ask a lot of really experienced investors when I was trying to figure out what we should be buying, where we should be buying, how to think about the business. I'd ask folks um, that own you know, hundreds of units at the time, now thousands of units years later, what is like your dream deal? Like what exactly um, are you looking for in a deal that really defined it as something that you want to buy? And they would all say a deal with low rents that's in good shape where you can just bring the rents to market. Like I think that's every multifamily operator's objective is to find a deal that doesn't require a lot of CapEx um, to actually create value. And that's what our dream deal is as well. That's how we define what our dream deal is. And um, this is especially true at this point in the market cycle where the risk profile is just different than the last few years. Um, you know, people don't know where interest rates are going. People don't know where the market's going. People don't know where the economy is going. So I think that there's a, there's a desire amongst active investors, LPs, to put their money in deals that offer compelling risk-adjusted returns and the easiest way to improve your returns on a risk-adjusted basis is to invest in deals that have fewer moving parts. And oftentimes, big CapEx budgets, you know, properties that require a significant amount of renovations that have a lot of deferred maintenance uh, are probably not that, you know, they may not fall into that definition as it relates to being a deal that offers a great risk-adjusted returns because of the fact that you need to spend a bunch of money on renos and there's a little bit more uncertainty with a business plan like that. There's more risk associated uh, in a deal where you have a higher CapEx budget than one where you don't, right? I think that's pretty much common sense. So for those that may be a little bit confused as to what I'm talking about when I talk about a deal that has great management upside, let me define that a little bit further. And I'm going to compare two deals. You know, Both are value-add deals. Both are probably decent deals. But I'm going to compare them in a way that gets you thinking about where the value is actually coming from when you're creating value in a value-add multifamily deal. So first of all, let's talk about what, let's define management improvements and where the value comes from when you're actually improving the management quality in a community. Um, well, one, it's providing a, you know, a better management service, right? 
maybe you have an owner or a property management company or you know whoever uh, is managing the actual asset that just doesn't provide good management services. Um, they don't attend to maintenance quickly. They don't clean the common areas. They don't plow quickly in the winter. They don't landscape the the lot often enough. You know, they just don't spend a lot of time managing it, right? And that creates a community where there, there's lack of pride of ownership. And maybe as a result of that, they can't charge as much for rent because the community has a reputation or because the tenants just aren't willing to pay more for a, you know, to live in a property that's got an unlandscaped lot where, you know, their, their hot water isn't being fixed for 10 days, right? Just using some hypotheticals here. Other examples of it are just owners that don't know how to manage their rent roll and they just place a tenant and they never raise the rent. And, you know, here we are five years later and the rent is 20, 25% below market. That happens all the time. That's extraordinarily common, especially in the sub-institutional world. You know, the smaller deals, 10 to 100 units. Um, there are other examples of this. Maybe they just aren't utilizing a component of the property correctly. Maybe they have a big, you know, big basement that they could build some storage units in and put some coin up washer dryer, but they haven't done that. And all of the residents there don't have access to, to, to laundry on site. They don't have these storage areas or they have a big lot next to the property. That's just, you know, grass or dirt. Um, that's not being used as parking that could be used as parking right here. Are some just hypothetical examples. Now let's compare that to a CapEx heavy business plan, which is you're buying a property that you're, you're buying at a compelling price because the roof needs to be replaced. A lot of the systems need to be replaced. The units are really banged up and, uh, you know, you got to spend 15 K or uh, that's just a random number, but you got to spend a considerable amount of money per unit when they turn over to bring them back online. And a lot of the value is coming through spending money on making the property nicer. Um, that's a different business plan. There's, you know, I would say that's probably the more common value add business plan, especially when you start getting into larger assets where management quality starts to improve that you kind of have to, you have to spend some money to make some money. Right. So oftentimes deals have both as well. I mean, that's, you know, that's oftentimes the case where because there's some deferred maintenance needed as a result of the rents are low. And as, and, and as a result of the rents being low, the owner can't take care of the deferred maintenance. And it's a bit of a cycle and you buy a deal that needs both of these things. And that's most of the deals that we do as well. But let's talk about a couple of different deals and actually define why properties that are heavily weighted towards the management side from a value add standpoint are a little bit more compelling. So let's say deal number one here. You got a deal, let's say it's, I don't know, 20 units. You got a 20 unit deal. The rents are a thousand bucks a month per unit, but the owner has expressed some pride of ownership. Um, they've kept up with the property. They've turned over the units when tenants have left, but they've always just under rented because they didn't really know the market. And a lot of the historical tenants that they placed years ago, their rent hasn't been raised, but that doesn't mean that they haven't physically kept up with the property. Um, so the units are in good shape. It's, you know, there's a good... Good tenant base there. Um, the roof has been done in the last five years. The siding has been done in the last 10. The heating systems are decent. It's not like it needs a bunch of work from a, from a dollar amount standpoint. So let's say you're looking at this property and because the building's in a in, in decent condition and the units are in a decent condition, you can bring those rents to $12.50 per month with $0 spent on renovation. They're just minimal dollars, right? Some turnover costs of a thousand bucks or something like that. So there's a lot of value that could be created that could be created through management improvements. Now let's say that there's still a little room to push it if you really want to spend a couple bucks. You know, maybe you can get them to $13.50 a month if you spend, I don't know, five grand, six grand a unit, something like that. Maybe you 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 put a, you paint the cabinets, new kitchen countertop, new appliances, and that gets you to the true 
top end of the market. But the vast majority of the value that you're creating here, taking them from 1000 to 1250 is just through knowing the market, through understanding the market, through managing the property a little bit more diligently. That's a really compelling deal. Those are the deals that we really like to look for. Now let's take another deal, deal B, which you'll find is probably still a compelling deal, but it's just, it comes with a different risk profile. Let's say we have the same property, right? All the rents are a thousand bucks a month, but they're a thousand bucks a month, not because the owner doesn't really know the market, but because they aren't willing to spend money on the property. So you have a bunch of units that are really banged up. You know, kitchens haven't been touched for 10, 15 years. Bathrooms are tough. You know, you're gonna have to go in there and paint and do flooring if these units turn over. Maybe you have a roof that's 30 years old that's going to need to be replaced in the next couple of years. Maybe a bunch of windows are, are old and you have to replace a bunch of the windows. And you're looking at this as still a compelling opportunity because the rents are really low. You know that you can probably get them to $1,350. Um, but it's going to require some money. You're going to have to spend some dough. So let's say you can get them to $1,350, but you got to spend $15,000 a unit. And this is still a compelling deal, right? And, and we're going to talk about that, right? But there's just a different risk profile associated with this deal, with this specific uh, deal, deal B in this hypothetical. So if you spend 15 grand a unit, um, you know, blended interior and exterior, and you get the rents to 1350 because you're taking it all the way to the top of the market because you're going in there and you're 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 turning all of the units with the finishes that you would achieve in the in DLA scenario as well. In DLA, you only had to spend maybe 5K units to get there because everything was in decent shape. But here you have to spend 15. You know, you got to spend another 10 grand a unit because the property is a little bit more banged up. So if you're spending 15 grand a unit to get 350 a month, which is mental math, uh, 4,200 a year. Um, yeah, 4,200 bucks a year. 4,200 divided by 15,000. Let me do that quickly on my calculator. That's a 28% return on cost. That makes sense. You should do that, right? <laughs> Pretty much in any market with any cap rate, that's going to make sense. If you're getting an annualized 28% return on your renovation spend, yeah, that makes sense to do, right? But from a risk-adjusted return standpoint, yeah, this is a compelling deal, but it's not as compelling as the first one where you're getting 250 out of the $350 a month just through bringing rents to market. And we call that loss to lease in the multifamily industry. What's your loss to lease? Loss to lease being where could you take the rents, right? The the leases on this, if you just brought them to market in their current condition. And the more of the rent increase that you're achieving through loss to lease comparatively to through renovations, the better. In scenario one, we're getting most of it. We're getting more than half. We're getting 250 out of the 350 through loss to lease, just bringing rents to market, you know, through a minimizing loss to lease, I should say. In situation two, we're getting zero of it, right? The rents are a thousand bucks a month because the units are gross. They're banged up. You know, the property's in, in tough shape. We're, so we're getting zero of the rent increase through loss to lease uh, reduction. And we're getting all of it through uh, renovations, right? We're, we have to go in here and spend money to achieve any rent increase. So both deals are good. Deal A is just better, right? Deal A is just a better deal because you're getting to 1350 with a more minimal CapEx spend than deal B. And... Um, I think that you know, the big takeaway here, right? Let me just summarize because I think everyone probably understands this who's listening right now. Obviously, DLA is better. Property is in better condition, obviously, right? But the habit that we should all be getting into as value-add multifamily investors, assuming that's the bulk of the folks that are listening to this podcast, is how much of the rent increase is coming through organic loss to lease reduction versus us having to spend money on CapEx. 
This is a great question if you're an active investor, if you're an LP. If you're a passive investor in an LP, ask your sponsor this. All right, I'm looking at this deal. You're going to take rents from 1000 to 1350 If you didn't spend any money on renovations, where could the rents go? If they're like, oh, man, you know, not that much, right? 1050 maybe, you know, another 50 60 bucks. Well, that's less compelling because the deal is entirely contingent upon you spending money on renovations and, and successfully managing a CapEx implementation versus DLA where it's like, how much of the value comes from just, you know, raising rents? How much lost lease is there? And there's like, oh, there's a ton, 250 bucks a month. Well, that's more compelling because the risk is lower. So we're looking for those types of deals nowadays. I mean, we're always looking for them, but now we're like really narrowly defining our criteria to look for those because we want to buy less risky deals, right? We want to do deals that, um, that require less construction. So this is something that the best investors in the game look for. You know, the, the dream deal is oftentimes deal A in this scenario where you're just going in there and you're just, your knowledge is what's creating the value less so than your ability to manage, you know, a significant CapEx plan, right? So to make a long story short, I hope this was insightful. I think this is something that's probably going to really hit the newer multifamily investors a little bit more. Um, but this is something that took me years to learn because you just get into the habit of assuming um, yeah, we can, the rents are here. We can take them there. You just do your little, you know, your CapEx analysis. If we got to spend 15 K a door to get another four grand plus a year in, in income, that makes financial sense when you throw the cap rate on it, let's go. But taking it another level of diligence further, I think will actually help you to determine what makes the most sense from a CapEx implementation standpoint, from a screening deal standpoint. So hope this was a valuable episode for all the folks out there. If you learned something, if you took something away from this, please leave the podcast a rating and review. Helps the show get noticed by more folks, as you probably hear me preaching every week, uh, but always appreciate ratings, reviews, and folks who share this podcast with other people in their network. Uh, but thanks again for listening, and I'll catch you guys on the next episode. Thank you for listening to this episode on the Multifamily Wealth Podcast. If you learned something new during the show, please consider sharing this episode with a friend, family member, or business partner or just leaving a rating and review as it helps the show get noticed by more folks. Catch you next week.